Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Um, hello, listeners, and welcome to this episode of the Barbershop Window podcast. Um, I'm very glad to have everyone with us today. And uh, we we skipped the music because we're uh, just uh, I'm on the road just throwing this together for your listening to pleasure. That's not to say that much preparation did not go into this because it did, but uh, <clears throat> I just had to skip the intro, which I hear nobody likes anyway. So who cares? Um, so much stuff to talk about. Uh, the last time we did a very thorough uh, two-hour-long thorough recap of. Um, a, a live wrestling event for the Ring of Honor promotion, which was fabulous. Um, and this week we're just going to review a whole bunch of hodgepodge, as I like to call it. It's hodgepodge day at the uh, the, the the barbershop window uh, podcast here, which is uh, uh, always a fun show. Hopefully we can bring some nice structure to it. But we're going to go all over the review, all the latest gossip, the, the, the you know, what happened on Raw, and, uh, you know, one of the probably the big aspects of the show that we'll be talking about is uh, the New Japan uh, Dominion show, which was unbelievable. I'm sure I'll be gushing over that uh, uh, incessantly over the next, hopefully not two hours, but I know uh, uh, me and my co-host tend to go on. And speaking of my co-host, perhaps I'll give him an introduction right now. The uh, Wizard of Finance, uh, JB. JB, are you there? I am here, Shane. Oh, that's fabulous. JB, I just have to do the the customary and uh, unnecessary sound check. Um, Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Uh, Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're coming in actually very loud and clear after the other, uh, the previous podcast, when apparently it sounded like you were in one of those new underwater subways uh, connecting to do the podcast. But this time, your your voice quality is exceptional. So uh, I appreciate that this time because the last episode, I listened to the last hour of it, and it sounded like I was. talking through a megaphone through a pillow into my phone. So I thought it was uh, a poor sound quality, and hopefully this time sure. uh, it will be a little better. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners would appreciate that uh, to to the utmost. But, uh, JB, as I was saying uh, during the introduction, I'm not sure if you, you caught that or not, I would describe this as a, as a hodgepodge show. Like uh, the listeners could maybe think of me um, just sitting in a chair with like my uh, my arms like raised in a like a what's going on type way, like sort of ambivalent, wearing like a turtleneck with the like hodgepodge, you know, like above me. 
and just like a, a random stream of our thoughts is, is what I thought would be a nice theme for this show. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think if you look at the, um, the previous uh, week in wrestling, um, there, it, it was, it, there was a lot of different events. Um, and there's, there's been a lot going on recently. There's just a lot of shows. There's like a, a, a huge time commitment. I feel if you want to be a wrestling fan, these days, um, especially if you want to follow multiple promotions. I mean, you're looking at this last week, you're probably looking at like 12 hours you had to put in. Um, so, that, yeah, we're going to do you know a wrestling podcast uh, this week. I think hodgepodge uh, is the way to go. Well, what's funny is I think 12 hours is actually an underestimate. I mean, just in terms of, like, all the great things you could have watched, it's really a good time to be a wrestling fan. Not that it's ever a good thing to be a wrestling fan. It's plenty more productive. <laughs> not to, well, certainly not socially. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I mean, there's a million more productive things you can do with your time. But certainly in terms of um, for the antisocial, you know, like, serial killer virgin crowd, I mean, this is a wonderful time to – indulge in pro wrestling just as what last week we had raw and you know we have the back-to-back episodes of roh and destination america on wednesday nights i didn't even get to watch that tonight and then you have everything great going on in new japan and lucha underground which i don't watch but i'll check out a youtube clip every now and then is really picking up steam, you know, going more in the fantasy direction just a, a, a lot of content out there to pick up on, and especially, God, I don't know what's going to happen towards the the end of this month when the G1 starts. It's just I'm never going to see the the light of day. It's going to be going to be. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I'm going to pass my gonna job or compared to the G1. Yeah, yeah. And this week was insane. I mean, they, they <laughs> took me like. I mean, you mentioned it before. It's it's the not a chore, and I guess this will be the first topic we talk about. It's not a chore at all by any stretch of the imagination, because um, it's all wonderful show. But getting through that New Japan show, uh, Dominion, which took place last Friday, right? Well, Friday sort of. It was of, like it was like early Friday. Sunday morning. Our, our okay. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, late to sort of com- to commit yourself and watch every minute of that pay-per-view, which I loved, is is a real endeavor. Like, like that's something that, that that you really have to set your watch to and ki- kind of be committed on. And you'll be rewarded with an unbelievable show that I loved every second of. But but it it takes a lot to just to get through it's so dense it's so jam-packed like just just the just the show and every instance of it um well, would you agree yeah well i was i i remember you know seeing the card um you know just a few days before it happened and i i couldn't believe that they they had stacked that kind of a card right in front of the g1 right. you know the g1's obviously a huge deal um but uh i mean it was it was a incredible. Like when I looked at the card, I said, "This is an incredible show." Um, very, very close to as good as uh, the Russell Kingdom show on, on January fourth earlier this year. And right, um, and actually seeing the show, you know, it's 
it's one of those things that's very rare in wrestling where you, you build something up in your head as something that's going to be great, and it was actually that great. Um, right. That they, I thought they, they delivered huge. And, I mean, we could kind of go into that. But, um, yeah, I don't think it was I mean, quite I as good as the, as the January 4th show, but um, definitely the second best wrestling show of the year. Yeah, I think it was even good. See, I mean, I think the listeners of the show will just be sick of the New Japan markouts, but what do right. you say about it? Like, I really think it was better than that January 4th show. I loved every second, with the exception of, well, I guess, okay, let's go back and bring some structure to this podcast. Do you want to kind of like, I don't want to, there's tons of stuff to talk about. I don't want to go over, but do you want to just do, go down through the matches? I think it'd be worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. well, I think, the, you know, just kind of an overview of, uh, it was, uh, I, I subscribe to New Japan World just for this show, and I will be uh, reaping the dividends uh, <laughs> this next coming month in the G1 Climax. Right. But um, uh, um, so on the New Japan version of the uh, New Japan World version of the show, they had the pre-show match in addition to everything else, and the entire show was almost five hours with, like, nothing, no yeah. break, yeah. no intermission. <laughs> I mean, just straight into every match. There were some promos, one in particular, one video shot that just rocked my world that I still haven't recovered from. That I'm surprised really nobody's talking about, this one video package. But it was really just straight match into match, too. I mean, and you had, like, just so much stuff. You had the the, the Sakuraba, you know... um, uh, Shibata match, which which I totally took me by surprise. I went back and watched it again. You had uh, the the comic genius of uh, uh, Torianu, which was just to die for. Maybe I couldn't stop laughing. You had uh, uh, NATO revealing uh, New Japan where the hat equals heel. Just just brilliant uh, book throughout the whole the, the whole thing. And it was, it was so, I think the best way to describe it is just incredibly dense. Like, and and I knew, you texted me one time, because we rarely text uh, throughout the day. Right, sure. JB. But, but uh, you texted me that it's, uh, you said something like, it's very hard to get through. And I knew exactly what you were talking about. Because it's just like everything, you, you don't want to miss a second of it. And it just consumes so much of your time. It, it's crazy. Well, yeah, and you almost have to with this show because the you know like I'll watch Raw for instance, and I I I, I watch it usually take away and I fast forward through a good bit of it, and because um, it's just you know it's a lot of filler. You know you're going to get filler, and this show um, was that long and really didn't have much filler. There was a couple of matches that I didn't really care for, but uh, for the most part it was really good. And then the stuff that was you know, there there was some really high end stuff on the show. I mean that I that the the main event I'm I would go I'm not you know, 'cause you kinda have to like let it go for like a couple of weeks I think before you say something's the match of the year. I thought that this is probably the match of the year right now. Uh style for the title. Yeah. I feel the same way as you do. Not to just agree with you every step, but I feel the exact same way. I feel like I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of myself just marking out for everything. But I feel like <laughs> after every match, I'm like, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. How's anybody going to top it? You know? 
And the, but that match in particular was, and again, like how good is you know um. Should we run them show? I think we should. At this yeah, point. yeah, let's run them. Yeah, to, just talk about each match real quick. Do you, do you have the card up or something? Lord knows. I, I, I know. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I mean, I know the the first match right off the. I didn't watch the pre card, did you? But even that got some love. I guess they did like a battle royal or something. It was okay. It was a typical like New Japan get everyone on the show type of thing. It was five on yeah. five tag match. Uh, it was. I mean, it was, oh, it was well, all right. It was fine. There was nothing really to talk about with it. Yeah, I guess we won't really talk about that. But that's great how they even give, they like give love to the older guys. Um, like I guess Liger was in the match and everything. They just. You said it earlier today in one of our many, many text messages. <laughs> Hopefully, our our superiors are not listening to this, which will reveal how much we text during the course of the day. But you said it. Uh, you said that, uh, you said very good. You, you said you have full confidence in Gato, just the, just the booking of this card. And they, he, they really don't seem to screw anything up ever. I mean, I, I won't go that far, but very rarely right. do they screw something up, you know? Right. Well, I, yeah, I think um, my main point there was just, I think we were talking about, like, where are they going to go from here and how are they going to do yeah. the G1 and all that stuff. Like, that's yeah. kind of stuff that I almost save for, you know, promotions that, that constantly kick themselves in the, in the mouth. <laughs> um, yeah. And Bloody like, well knows, in Japan, but... I just would rather just let them just do what they do and give me the show. Like, I'm happy to see their show. Yeah. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to tell them what to do. They know what they're doing. They're yeah. doing it very well for the past couple of years, if not more. Um, and and uh, so, <clears throat> you know, whatever they do at the G1, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious what they're going to do, but uh, it's all about that later. I don't think it's so obvious. Holy shit. Let's just go through this card because we're going to go off on a million tangents. Um, okay, so right. the first match right off the bat was uh, – uh, uh, the 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 very polarizing, very polarizing uh, indie wrestling sensations. I mean, possibly the biggest. You could even argue. I'm not even kidding about this. I'm not being usual hyperbolic saying. You could argue the biggest draw in the United States. Because who else draws? Like like I guess Raw, if you want to make it a collective. But I mean, an individual wrestler. I mean, Brock obviously is some, but. Like, people would just be Brock, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks were, uh, you know, the, the Young Bucks versus uh, Red Dragon, uh, uh, you know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I'm very high on Kyle O'Reilly, obviously. And uh, RPG uh, Vice, Rapungi Vice, um, which is Trent Barrett and Rocky Romero. This three-way dance, which we've seen a bunch of times now, in New Japan, and even, you know, we've seen iterations of it in ROH even. So, and yet, the one thing about this match, I'm going to try to go through them sort of quick-ish. One thing about this match, I I still am not bored of this match at all. (laughs) Like, it's still, they always manage to do something innovative and something good, and... um. And this match was just, I I like the throwback to uh, just when the Young Bucks came out and uh, he was on Coley Hall's shoulders. I like the throwback to 
Prince Devitt, just a real little thing, but I, I picked up on that. I'm surprised that Young Bucks sort of still, um, uh, you know, went over here. I guess I'm not super surprised. You know, the, the match felt like it, a two against one almost, two tag teams against one. It felt like, you know, Red Dragon and RPG Vikes were sort of teaming up against the Young Bucks, but the Bucks still prevailed. I can't really remember. It's been a little removed since I saw the show. I can't really remember any of the specific spots. Um, but I remember enjoying the match a, a lot. Uh, there was, there was a lot of stuff. To, ton of a stuff. lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 And they've yeah. done this match yeah. so many, in, in so many different forms so many times. Um, yeah. Oh, that's I, the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to crap on the match, but it was not as good as some of the other versions of this match I've had, I okay. thought. I thought, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was fine, but I, I didn't think it was as sure. good as they've done before. And I think it's almost time probably. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. Well, I feel like they were probably, they probably should be going with for Pong and Vice at this point, um, getting that getting that push. But yeah, and whatever, it doesn't matter I mean, if they don't. <laughs> yeah. Wait, JB, this is for the, this is for the title, right? The, like the junior well, tag title? It's the junior right? tag title. Junior yeah. tag title. yeah. And I mean, like I, I think they're also sort of stuck in it because these are all, I mean, American teams in a way. I guess except you could sort of say, R- no, they're still very American. Even though I guess RPG Bikes sort of spent the most time in Japan, but that's even kind of arguable. I don't want to sound unknowledgeable, but I guess they're sort of just. There's no real reason to put it on Red Dragon because I think just. Kyle O'Reilly's going to have a breakout year. And by right, yeah, that's you mean what I like think. So. I mean, yeah, nothing against that drag. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't say they should get it, but I think it's because Kyle O'Reilly is going to go singles for so sure. Smart. You there? I really do. There's no real, am I missing something? There's no real, like, um, you know, pure New Japan, like, super junior tag team, right? Is it? Right. Like, I, I no. lost you there for, like, 30 seconds, but um, I think I know you're saying. I'm fading in yeah. and out? Jim? Yes, hello. My connection sucks? I, I don't know if it's you or for some reason the stream's not working that well. Oh, it might be the stream. I don't think so. I don't think it's me. Okay. Let's just continue. So you, yeah, you, I yeah. think what you were basically saying was that most of these guys are ROH guys in the junior. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to think of I, an example right off the bat of a pure like New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Juniors tag team. And I couldn't think of one, but I'm not the most knowledgeable. Like, no, well, the other version of this match usually had the time splitters, but now Kushida is on the Oh, that's right. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting that. Okay, okay. But I don't and think... What's is, going is on with Shelly that, a, you know? a New Japan PR guy? I don't think he is. No, he's, again, another PWG guy. Um, right. So, who knows? But this was good. I thought it was fine. No, to, to each his own. I... Nothing wrong with your opinion that some of the other matches were better. I like the match, though. You know, 
thought it was fine. Uh, I didn't have a huge problem with it. Classic New Japan opener. <laughs> like, could you think of yes. a more like New Japanish open, like the you know just the hot like hot ass tag team like match like right out of the gate like no no holds bars like good opener to the pay per view. Definitely. Okay, and we're already talking way too much about the one match on this card. <laughs> um, but the description in the podcast, what I said, we'll probably gush over Dominion for uh, 80% of the podcast and, uh, you know, hit upon some other things. But what was the next match on the card? Well, the next match was a tag match between uh, NATO, NATO and uh, Hanma against Yujiro uh, and Bad Luck. LA, uh, which I fucking love this match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great match. I'm sick of saying it for everything. But it was just yeah. booked perfectly. <laughs> like, it was so awesome. It just, just it goes through what, like, good booking can do, you know? Well, that was the other thing I was saying about Ghetto, is just that, like, the level of detail all the way down to, you know, usually the second match on any card is just, like... Uh, whatever, we're just, you know, getting this yeah. out of the way. Like, this is not going to be anything. And yeah. this is a, I mean, this is a big angle for for, uh, for Naito. So they're um, they're going heel with him. And uh, I, thought it was, I thought they did it really well, the way they did it. I thought it was kind of um, an interesting way of doing it. Like, he didn't just do the, uh, I'm going to do the tag match with the big face and then, you know, uh, you know, just walk out, which was kind of what what you mm-hmm. kind of were set up for. He actually did kind of participate in the match, but like half-heartedly. <laughs> so right. it was very good the way they did it. I thought it was great, and I thought it was great how they also made Hanma look extremely strong during the whole thing. Oh. You know, because he was basically fighting, you know, the the Bullet Club two on one. Um. I got so much stuff to say about it. Here, I'll, I'll just share quickly. One, one of the things, in, and uh, JB, we were always talking about, I went back and watched this match again before <laughs> seeing the rest of the card, just because I enjoyed it that much. One of the very funny things, well, like right off the bat, when, um, what's his name, the Japanese Bullet Club guy? Uh, Takahashi. Yeah, okay, Takahashi, yeah, yeah. So he comes out with that girl. Is she significant, JB? Um, no, I think it's always some random, some random slut. I think it's pretty it much is the okay. Yeah. <laughs> correct, correct. But we'll even get into that. So in in the United States, it would be a random slut. In the in the uh, J- Japan, it's like random young woman with. Uh, unfine morality or like some, you know, broken like Japanese uh, uh, English or whatever. But it's so funny how like, you know, this match just came out as like really like, okay, they were almost playing to a Western audience in a way, or at least they were very aware of like the Western crowd and how they're trying to like, you know, gain those, that sort of audience as they were booking this. It's so so when he walks down with that hot girl and she was beautiful, like the the camera guys like doing these extreme close ups to like her tits and her ass and stuff like that, <laughs> just like so awkward. 
and and like in Jap- J- Japan, we all know about. I'm not saying, but they have like there's serious like sexuality issues. Like nobody's having sex. Like young people don't identify with sex. Like an older population, the po- <laughs> like the population is decline. It's very like sexually uncomfortable. Like the whole culture. But they're still like, and they're just like, oh yeah, look at their sexy tits and ass. Like, like I'm, we're gonna do like extreme <laughs> close up of like all their private parts, and oh look at how like extreme and like comfortable we are with like sexuality. <laughs> but it just comes <laughs> off as totally fake, like so forced that they're doing these like extreme close ups, like of nothing of her and her clothes. And then, of course, they get to the ring, and 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 the, the, once again, they're trying. Takahashi trying so hard to be like a Western, like straight, you know, member of the Bullet Club that loves like girls and wants to have sex all the time, you know. And then he like goes in, and then he like grabs her the the claps of the small of her neck and brings her close, like he's gonna kiss her. But then they just like put their foreheads together. And it was, like, so unbelievably awkward. And they just, like, stand there, like, <laughs> looking in each other's eyes, but, like, at a distance where they couldn't even see anything. They're just, like, you know, looking at, like, <laughs> pixels, like, blur. And it was just so funny. I, like, lost it the first time I saw it, just, like, how hysterical and, like, awkward it was and how much, you know, just, like, how they're trying to identify with, like, Western. It was just so funny to me. Um. So that was hysterical. But then also, I love Hanma. Hanma is, I've said it before, Hanma's everything that Dolph Ziggler wants to be, or should be, I should say. He's like, he's, he, he sells appropriately. He's the underdog that everybody loves. He does all the high spot. You know, he'll never have the title. I don't think they ever put the title on him. Um, but he'll be involved in big feuds eventually. Hanma's great. I love him. I love Hanma. Um, but then how they're changing Naito. So heel in Japan, you know, heel in New Japan means two things. Uh, uh, wear a hat. (laughs) So hat equals heel. And we know that, you know, and don't shave. And so (laughs) Gato must have like seen like some dirtbag character. I'm thinking like Shia LaBeouf or something. Like like running away from the paparazzi or like getting a bottle of booze or something, and you know he's unshaven with a baseball hat on, like tucked low to his eyes, or like one of those dirtbag actors that like has a breakdown, you know, and becomes like antisocial. And this I, was exactly what they're doing, but they can't. <laughs> it's like like Nato's wearing generic baseball hat with, like, American words, like, English words on his T-shirt. And he's like, take off his T-shirt, like, look at this. And he didn't shave, but he has, like, that Japanese, like, 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 horrible 5 o'clock, like, prepubescent, like, 5 o'clock shadow that just doesn't come through. And I guess this is his gimmick. He's a dirtbag. I guess, like, that's his whole gimmick. And in the match, he was great. He was so good just being all lackadaisical and not caring or whatever. But then, and he was getting, he was getting he tremendous his, heel reactions from that tremend- crowd. Oh, the Japanese. No, the crowd did not appreciate this, J.B. The crowd no. was very upset. 
with <laughs> with not, wearing a hat and a T-shirt to the <laughs> ring and not shaving. Right. It was but, yeah, black I mean, and white, non-colorful T-shirt. It was very, very right. upsetting to the crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just see what sometimes. Like, I, there's comeback. definitely a point yeah. where I just don't understand the culture. So right. it's like the the way they react to things is just different than I'm going to react to things. And I, I knew that they right. were going this way with Naito, that they were going with a heel angle with him. And they did some very, you know, heelish things. But then there were some things that he was just doing that I didn't connect with, but I feel like they were connecting with. <laughs> and yeah. and like you said, the two things are hat and facial hair. Like that's definitely <laughs> that would get you over the heel like that. Over the but hat mostly, I think it was yeah, like, mostly it was just like like they really like they they might as well have been like screaming like look he's wearing a hat like like here comes Nato and Nato in his hat like like that's all they were saying like it was very funny. Well, it struck me really like at the end of the match because he kind of like lackadaisically like comes out of the ring and doesn't let his hand be raised with Hanma. And then he makes sure to grab the hat before he gets out of the ring because, you know, I got to get this heel gimmick over. Right, right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah. That was great. But it's, um, no, I think it's a good, I think it's a good move for him because they, um, I think, uh, well, I mean, he won the G1 Climax uh, uh, a couple of years ago, right? Two years ago? And yeah, yeah. That didn't really work out. And um, it was like the, he's kind of like, I remember the first like time this. I watched New Japan. I watched the G1 Climax yeah. last year. Um, I thought, I didn't know that he was different from Tanahashi. I thought they were the same guy. <laughs> so. Very racist. I can't well, believe no, they did like that very, in you know, public. They're both high flyers. They're both big faces. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Both, you know, they both come out to you know, mm-hmm. you know, the same kind of music and the whole thing, and uh, they come out in very similar outfits. And uh, he had to differentiate himself, I think, because he was kind of he's like can... he's just on the outside. Of be, I mean, he's so talented that he could be there, but for whatever reason, he's just not going to get to that level unless he does does something different. You're absolutely right. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. He, he's really. I think it's great that the, it's once again like, like the, the booking there. They just know what to do. Like, why is now like that's why they don't get in these situations where like they have the Dean Ambrose in the WWE, like a completely talented worker with nowhere to go. Like the same things happening right now with Tanahashi. They really don't have like the main event angle, but he's still totally relevant in a feud with this joke character, you know, a comedic, not joke, but a comedic character. They just do everything right, you know? Um, they do. And yeah, that's, that's interesting. We should talk about that later because I, I kind of I feel like that's like what they're doing with Tanahashi and Yano was they, they put together an interesting thing for Tanahashi for a couple of months while they couldn't put the title on him or anything like that, um, which is like, what they should have done with Reigns and Wyatt a while ago, and now they're doing it too right. late. Now it's not working. <clears throat> so, yeah. but that's kind of absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's just okay, go. Let's just go quickly do the next thing. We got Shibata and Sakuruba, uh, which is like a. I don't know. I I, I don't know the style that well. I mean, I saw the Sakuruba uh, Suzuki match at Wrestle Kingdom. And I kind of that was my first introduction to that style. 
Um, I don't really, like, understand it that well. I feel like you probably have a much better understanding of it. I mean, I wouldn't go that far to say I have a better understanding. But, the, I mean, I guess it's kind of a little obvious. They're just trying to do, like, a shoot style of match. Like, I mean, you're sort of like, like, we forget how much, like, the, and it, it's sort of almost getting there a little bit in the United States, you know, but in, in Japanese, like in Jap, Japanese, in Japan, like that line between like pro wrestling and MMA, especially since like pride disbanded is like, is much blurrier, you know, than in the U.S. Like even Nakamura, he was like a, you know, I think he had four very serious fights or something like that, or five or whatever, you know, before he came, became a, um, you know, a pro wrestler like that. And when he first came to New Japan, he was booked as like a shooter, like an actual pro, you know, he didn't do that shaky like Jack Sparrow thing at all um, <laughs> until much later in his, in his like character development. So that's where they're going with it, um, you know, just like a shoot. And you even, well, this takes me back. Jamie, did you like the match between Kushida and Kyle Riley for the, you know, in the Super Juniors tournament? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. That's what they're going for, like the same thing, you know. Um, they're a little much younger, <laughs> like quicker, talented workers. But right. I will say that this match totally caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting anything, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I watched this. I actually, I actually, because it was such a long show. I knew it was a long show. I knew I had to like try to cut some corners to get through it. Um, I skipped yeah. this show at first, but then heard like you 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 reviewed it really strongly, and I heard some other good things, and so I went back and watched it. But I still, I don't I like. I don't know. I remember with the Suzuki match too with the uh, Sakuraba, but I, I didn't really get into that either. But um, I like Shibata maybe you just a lot. don't like Sakuraba. I think Sakuraba's Sakuraba's really good. I, by the way, I hate. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I don't like Sakuraba. I think. Yeah. Because I mean, um, like the Suzuki Styles match was the same. Uh, I mean, from right. last year's G1 Climax, you remember how great that match was. And well, I that was remember you match. saying you yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you just don't like Sakuraba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Sakuraba. I don't like. I don't like all the. I don't like when they put these old guys in the in the match. I don't know. There's something about the old guys in New Japan. Like I know that in the Japanese culture, they they have reverence for the older wrestlers and all that. I, I, yeah. Outside of Nagata, I really don't care for any of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. And it's sort of like when, but at least in New Japan, once again, the older wrestlers put over the younger wrestlers, and you don't have Chris Jericho beating Neville in a, in a house <laughs> show, you know? <laughs> Just, don't get me started. I like, I want to, I want to like, like the WWE. I just, I'm so pessimistic about it, you know? I guess we'll talk about that a little, little later. We should get definitely wrote on the show, show, but yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have much to say. Even like the Sakuraba plancha, probably not. I, I thought that was a cool spot. I thought it, I thought it was a good match. But were you, you're you high on Shibata, right? I, yeah, I like Shibata. I mean, I remember watching when I first, so I, I'm kind of new to New Japan as far as, I only like last year in the G1 is when I started getting into it. And I saw Shibata, and I saw him in a few matches, and I thought this guy, this guy should be the star of the, the promotion. Right. And then eventually I got to know it better, and obviously Nakamura is, like, amazing. 
right, all these right. other guys are amazing. <laughs> but my first instinct was like, this Shibata guy is really good, and uh, I think he's I think he still could be really good. Um, but he's he's never quite got to that again, level yeah. of some of these guys. I don't think they've given up on him at all in the main picture. I just think once again, like Tanahashi, they're booking him in a relevant way. You know, in the meantime, it can be done. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> if you like, so that's cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, let, let's go on. What? What? Um. Well, the next what, match was, was uh, Kushida match? and Kenny Omega. Oh, I yeah. How much good stuff can you say? I mean, I, I thought this was a great match. I liked um, Kenny Omega's entrance, how he's sweeping the, uh, you know, the the entranceway. I thought they should have had a black broom or something just to fit with the motif. But I thought that was good because he's a sweeper in the, you know, the the Super Juniors division, obviously. Kashida's um, a star. I mean, I think we know that's very charismatic. Uh, reminds me a little bit. This is going to sound ridiculous, but kind of reminds me a little bit about like that Eddie Guerrero, like Chris, but like those WCW radicals guys. A little bit. I don't know why I think that, but I just sort of think that when I like his in ring, his dress and when he's like wearing the vest, like once again, as as you say, JB, I don't really understand the culture uh, <laughs> right. too much, but yeah. I don't know. It just gives me that flavor for some reason. Um. Well, he does. He does uh, very similar to like Benoit or any of those guys. They, you know, a lot of submission-based stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is like, God, I hope that it does. I hope his career I hope his career doesn't end like a Chris Benoit. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> right. that would be <laughs> right. That would be. I think that's fair to say about his career. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It'd be terribly oh, tragic, JB. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, just the, the I, I mean, here's the thing about that: they focused a lot on Kashida's knee, like that being the injury spot. Um, it sort of took away from the like once again a stupid thing to say because they're booking the show and each match is different. Like you notice how in that paper you really didn't see like one of those angles where, like, one particular wrestler worked a body part the whole time. Like, this was the match for that, you know? Um, right. Well, so there's obviously... That's the a, thing about... I, that's the thing about... This, that, well, this show was so good because of that. I thought, they do this a lot, though. They're just good at booking. They, like, the level of detail all the way down the card is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. 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 We can't jerk and it off match, enough. This match, was, yeah. this match was great. I mean, the only thing I would say bad about this match, um, I always feel like it's the opposite with, like, Raw or something, I have to say. Okay, I got to say something good. Like, give me something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the only thing I right, right. say bad about this match is I'm just not that into Omega. I know a lot of people are really into him. Like, right. Different No, people. he's not I mean, my favorite. I would say and do things about Yeah. I just kind of feel like he's doing, like, that, you know, kind of, crazy disjointed thing in the ring and like it's very clear he's just bad at acting it and Mm. he's like clearly setting up for the next spot all the time and he's supposed to be like this crazy guy who doesn't have any idea what he's going to do next 
<laughs> and it's not. Right. It's, it, for me, it's just it's not happening. It doesn't connect at all. But that's the only bad thing right. I would say about it. Um, yeah. I, Kushida is absolutely a star. This guy is. Uh, I mean, you know, we might not know it for a couple of years, but this guy's going to be. He's going to be a big deal. I mean, maybe if it's just Japan, that's fine. But um, he's 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 really good, in my opinion. I mean, I I certainly hope he doesn't uh, hang himself from a weight rack in his face. I mean, that would be an awful thing to say and think about comparing him to Chris Benoit. But regardless, right. yes, he, he he's a star. It's funny. I guess I agree with you to Kenny. He's not my favorite, but he, you know what? Like, um, he, he's just so. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, right now we also he's trying to do that crazy disjointed, as you say, and we have a master at that that we're watching right now in Dean Ambrose. I mean, he just right. Well, is, Dean is Ambrose what is you want smooth about the when he does it. Like everything is kind of smoothly done and not yeah. Um, like you see this every once in a while, guys. Some guys, they just you can see them like setting up to the next spot, which I just don't like. <laughs> right, and especially don't and like he, it with this kind of gimmick. Yeah. Like it shouldn't shouldn't be like that at all. And Omega's also like so crisp. Like everything he does is so good, you know. Um, like almost to like you said, like if he's gonna do this, almost like a veteran, he should be booked as like. He could easily just be booked as like a I don't know like one of those technically proficient guys like a Daniel Bryan or something you know um, yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I mean he's just so crisp and clean in the ring like I remember how they're sort of teasing and it came up at the end because he was the only Bullet Club member not out there for AJ Styles match um, but they were sort of teasing doing Omega AJ Styles. And I almost don't know if I love that that pairing because they're both just so like I would just describe their the both their styles as like sharp and crisp, and you're gonna have that, and the matches I think almost gonna look like perfect <laughs> in a way, you know? Um, yeah, I, but, uh, I love the way they they tease that when that 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 kind of moment happened. I thought that was really good the way they did that. I mean, that's oh, like a, yeah. a month or so ago. But um, you mean at Wrestle Kingdom or? No, wasn't it uh, the Ibushi match? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a month ago. Jesus. Well, it might have been two months. Yeah, ago. you're right. No, it might have been two months. Ago. Yeah, in the Ibushi, they teased it really well there, and they all, but they kept it going here too. I mean, it was very subtle, but he wasn't very subtle. He was the, the only bullet club. Very yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the only bullet club, but not out there you know, during AJ Styles' match. They must be going towards that, and we're in for a treat because the matches are going to be good, but they'll. Um, I almost think you run the risk of them being like, you know, those those sort of like, uh, I don't know, like that WCW's like radical state when you had like Guerrero versus Benoit, you know, when it's just like almost too clean. And per- or Malenko Benoit. That's a great example. Like, no, those are great matches, but it's just like, you know, and I don't, I don't know. They, they, what what me, happens? They the club at that point. If you do that, yeah, yeah. Eh, I'm rambling here, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Kushida is great. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. I think. 
be a fool mm-hmm. not to agree on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, next thing uh, was Makabe and Ishii in the uh, never never open weight title match. Uh, basically, kind of replaying their uh, their match from Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, different different kind of. It wasn't exactly the same kind of style match at all. JB, just a little, your phone's doing that thing again. Oh, sorry. Just, I don't know if you can fix it. Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, this, yeah, this was, again, what, what else can you say? It was a great match, them just eating the chops and everything. The the one thing I loved, not to be, you know, the spot monkey guy that loves it, but I loved Ishii's, like, little somersault cannonball to the outside. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, um, well, they, they were, I mean, I, they were... I, that was the thing about that match that was different from the wrestling team. I mean, the whole match kind of ended up, I don't know, being different because of that move. And whether that whether he actually got injured or whether that was like selling an injury on that, the same shoulder injury, I, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> and they did a replay on it. But... Like, they did a replay of it, too. Like, so I'm thinking, wait, was that, like, a botch? Did they mean to do that? <laughs> like, it looked like to me like a botch. Like, it, but they did a replay of it. That's like Right. And they were, like, crazy, yeah. crazy bump. Like, that was a really rough yeah. bump for I, I don't understand. Yeah, you know, so that's sort of like, and it just, once again, it just adds mystique to the match. I mean, the whoever in the production truck, you know, said, oh, go do a replay. You know, great call. Yeah, and in case you don't like, you're, you're watching either of these guys do, do this kind of match, that, that this is like a typical, this is like a really, what their whole bit here is that they're going to be really physical in the match. Like, it's going to be something, yeah. like, you don't see this type of match in the United States ever. No, of course not. Just, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, we can probably move on, right? I don't have too much to say about that. Just, yeah, another, it was the typical, like, Ishii Makame match, um, but not saying typical's yeah. bad. It was great, yeah, but. It had that, that weird feeling, though, about whether the, the injury was real or not. I, I could never, I couldn't figure her out the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. And good placement on the show. I just felt that match came at just the right time. Like, if it was a yeah. little earlier, it would have been forgotten in a way. It was just like the perfect sort of mid-card, literally mid-card match, I thought. Um, yeah? Yeah. They kind of placed it in the same spot in Wrestle Kingdom, too. And I thought the same Didn't thing. They? Yeah, it was right yeah. in the middle. Much. Yeah. Um, next one was uh, Anderson and Gallows uh, against uh, Taven and Bennett in, uh, for the tag titles. Yeah, this was the Which one was match a, I didn't Which was a nothing match. I mean, except for, you know, Maria Canellis, but <laughs> Why was it on the card? Like, now you're making me think about it. Like, I don't know why they put this on the card. I think just because it was for the tag team titles and they don't really have a great tag team division. Yeah. This this was my one criticism. I mean, nothing happened in this match. And, like, the stupid, you know, Carl Anderson running for Maria Pinnell, like, it just gets so dumb, you know? Um, Yeah, it it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess they're trying to, like, play out that kingdom versus Bullet Club, but, you know, the Bullet Club is versus everyone, so you don't really have many legs to stand on in that feud, and that feud is only interesting when Okada lines himself with the kingdom and AJ Styles, well, he's obviously in the Bullet Club, but, you know, when it's in the the U.S., you know, when they're doing their choice of ROH and everything. So Okada yeah, only Okada makes that feud into it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With anything else, maybe you make the argument that Adam Cole, you know, versus Styles makes it a little interesting. But even then, you know, it needs Okada. Basically, that 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 sort of stable versus stable feud comes down to hopefully seeing Okada versus AJ Styles. You know, just like you know, somehow bump into each other during one of those ridiculous four-man tag team matches. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this obviously with. Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. I mean, it brings up the larger point is that just how much further are they going to run with this Bullet Club? Um, I think it's naturally reached its course. I think the you know the the ending was when Prince Devitt left, obviously, who was the creator, natural leader of the Bullet Club, and just played that gimmick ridiculously as like a menacing monster heel. Um, and then I do let me ask you, Shane, what, what, uh, if, they, if, if there's no more Bullet Club, what T-shirt will you be wearing to wrestling shows? Because <laughs> JV, uh, you were joking, or maybe you weren't joking, but I think that's got to be a big reason why they persist with the Bullet Club, because the most popular T-shirt in the world even outside of pro wrestling, I mean, what what's more popular, the Bazinga uh, T-shirt from a uh, that shitty show uh, with the nerds? What show is that? Bazinga <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, well, I can't remember that show. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Who the, <laughs> who the fuck cares? Like, they, I mean, that's a pretty popular shirt, I guess, right, JB? You see a lot, a right, lot right. Of, uh, kids. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but I mean, this is like, uh, um, I mean, just like the merchandise that they're selling from the Bullet Club is is ridiculous. Now, JB, you were concerned for me one time. Uh, as I was wearing my Bullet Club T-shirt in Money Making Manhattan right after the uh, Charleston shooting, then you thought some people would infer from me that I'm pro the Charleston shooting, which is just disturbing. But you said that was a possibility. I, I was concerned. Yes, I mean it was a very, it was a very hot angle at the time. <laughs> well, we were down at I the suppose, uh, at Terminal Five. Right. 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 I suppose I should get a Bazinga T-shirt, correct? Well, maybe next. Yeah, I mean, once the bullet club's done and uh, <laughs> guns and gallows is uh, no more, maybe you need to get something. What's else. the name of that show? I just know it sucks. Oh, it's fucking horrible. Um, <laughs> Why can't we think of that show? Extremely popular. Yeah, it's a pop way more popular stable. than wrestling. We should do a podcast on that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way more popular than the Bullet Club. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, did you, you see, did you see the TNA ratings last week? Oh. <laughs> right. Um, 
you you just feel like they're just keeping the Bullet Club together now for Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Like, why else? You know, there's. I'm glad now they're teasing dissension with Omega and AJ Styles. Um, and I think AJ Styles did a fine job of taking over the Bullet Club, but, I mean, it's just run its course. So I'm not sure how long they're going to persist with it. It will be interesting. I definitely don't want it to be like an NWO type thing. And I think if anybody yeah, well, can I do, think they're running into that territory where NW, when NWO starts to get a little stale. Um, yeah. I think they're definitely running. I mean, they're just yeah, AJ Styles is tremendous. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's just not. It's I don't think it's as good. I just don't care to be honest about any anyone else other than it's AJ Styles. So, and then AJ yeah. Styles, I don't care about the Bullet Club part of him. I don't care. <laughs> It's just so interesting to think about where New Japan's going to go. Is like eight, they're going to turn AJ Styles' face? Right. Like, I so don't know. I mean, I, I mean, think that's, you know, once once he, um, he lost the title, and that's the only way I could think they go with him. Unless he wins the G1, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, we'll see. He's always um, been that guy that they just give him the title to kind of keep the Bullet Club strong as heels. <clears throat> not, I'm not saying at all they just give him the title, like you know, like they wanted to give Roman yeah. Reigns the title. Like not like that. <laughs> He's tremendous. But, right, right, right. Um, no, I know. What you're <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But they, they that's kind of the way they've done it. And then when it gets close to the big show, they they have to drop it to you know Okada or, or Tanahashi last year. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I guess we'll just see what happens. I'm, a, I think they should. It just where do all these guys go if they do break up the bullet club? You know, well, that's the thing. It's like the perfect cutting. place for them to just throw somebody who's from out of Japan into that group and kind of get them over quick as a heel. But it even hurts people. Like I don't think like it does hurt. I yeah. thought. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think Omega should have been in the Bullet Club. I think it was sort of natural, you know what I mean? Because he's like the foreigner. Like, it was just the angle that sort of wrote itself. But I think, if anything, like, imagine how massive of a face he would have been if he, you know, like the Bullet Club tried to recruit him and he rejected of it. And Kenny Omega speaks Japanese, so he'd be like a natural sort of uh, defender of New Japan, like um, I mean, they could have went in a, a total different direction there. But now I think the Naturals are going to turn AJ face and Omega heel. So, right. You know, re- keep him as heel. We'll see what happens. You know, right? And then maybe Omega takes over the Bullet Club. I don't know. Ugh, I don't want to see that. Like that's just too much. You know. Well, you know, sometimes these junior guys they move up to heavyweight and they. And that that does seem too much. I'm just throwing it out there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I know. All right. But the uh, next match was uh, Tanahashi and Yano. Now, which, JB, um, Yano is hysterical, correct? <laughs> yeah. He's, well, I mean, I don't know why I find he makes funny, me laugh some so things much. I don't understand the culture. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But uh, what do you think of this match? Hmm. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good for what it was. I mean, I, you know, yeah, they, so did I. Yeah, it was. Um, again, it's Tanahashi is, you know, obviously one of their their main event guys. 
one of their big four. Yeah. And when you got four big guys, you can't have every one of them in the main event. So unless you do what WWE does and put them in tag matches at the end of Raw every week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and which sucks. Um, so they 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 have them in this this angle for the last couple of months with Yano, and this was pretty much the blow off to it. I thought so. Tanahashi won. And it was it was pretty good. I thought. I mean, for what yeah. it was, I don't think it was very good compared to the show. But uh, yeah, it was. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good match. Like I said, if you've seen one Yanu match, you sort of seen them all. You know, he does that sort of cowardly heel thing in between the lobes, which is hysterical. <laughs> he does the low blow. <laughs> uh, I, I, just, I, I think, yeah, I, I just, but I think he plays that gimmick obviously very well. He's made an entire career out of it. Um, I, we, we kind of don't have to touch upon like the, um, um. What you call, like the how great we think it is because not to put words in your mouth, but I think we both called that they somehow booked Tanahashi in this meaningful, me, me as in like not meaningless, this like kind of like meaningful angle. In the meantime, while he's not in the title picture with a comedic character, um, it's been great. I lo- I loved it. I love this angle. Just watching it play out. I think this was the culmination of it as it should be going into the G1. Um, and, uh, yeah, good match, good funny match in, in the show. A little weird how Tanahashi did the low blow this time. Um, I think they might have, like, screwed up that ending a little bit. It just seemed like a little staccato, like, point, point, point. But, um, yeah, just a good match. Um, right? Uh, yeah, totally agree. And, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, you know. Yeah, that's. I think that's all it really needs to be said about. Yeah, it. Uh, not much. Um, yeah. So the the intercontinental belt was on the line with uh, Goto and Nakamura, uh, which was uh, a very good match. I thought. I don't know why this match isn't getting the love that it like most Nakamura matches get. Like maybe there, I think there might be a little like Nakamura fatigue going on. Um, I think there's a little of that out there. I also think that Goto. Yeah. I, I just don't think Goto is quite at that level. They're, they're, you know, they keep they're, they're pushing him to that level, obviously, by beating Nakamura now twice. But uh, even still, I I don't know. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not that into Goto. I don't know. A lot of the stuff he does, I don't know. I'm not giving him enough credit, probably, but... Yeah, I mean, it just had that slow, like, sort of build-up in the beginning. I don't... Go to number six. Definitely I just thought again... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought, again, it was sort of like, um, just Nakamura at its finest. I don't even want to say... Like, I'd give this, like... But I'd easily give this four and a half stars. Um, I don't know what Meltzer give it. I can look it up. Four and a half. He gave him four and a half. Did he give him four? Yeah. I don't know four why. I think I think it's easily four and a half. I think he'd even go, you know, make the argument to, to you know, four point seven five. I thought it was really good match. Um, 
you know, the Bumayas at the end and everything. Again, Nakamura doing the right thing, putting Goto over, just very selfless. Um, We'll see what this cues up for Nakamura in terms of what the G1 coming, because Nakamura's been jobbing, you know? Um, uh, So we'll just see what happens. I don't really have anything much more to say about this. Do you? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting just that... um, Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he has been jobbing, and yeah, that's all he's been. Like doing. he's, he's such, he's so charismatic and so good. Yeah, that he can he can absorb jobbing. Like that's how good he is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, his no, outfit that the, the outfit he came out with, uh, the entrance was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one yep. of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. In wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah. And and he's just uh, I don't know I, I I said this to you the other day I, I, he's my favorite wrestler by far right <laughs> like it's not he's definitely close. the best performer I I can't think yeah, of no, a well, wrestler that I like performance angle of course like I I think he's not as athletic as some some of the other guys uh, but um, his performance is unbelievable which is yeah. pretty much what draws me to wrestling so uh, but I, I don't think. even think you can say he's I know the point that you were making but. I mean, he's extremely athletic. <laughs> like, oh, he's not like, unathletic. I mean, he's not. Yeah, no, yeah. I know the point yeah. you were making. I'm not throwing it in your face, but like, I mean, he yeah. doesn't have you know that body. He doesn't have like that build. Um, but I mean, he's tremendously athletic and really deceptively strong. Um, like he's just like this complete, like the, the like. I don't know what you described. Yeah, just totally unique. He he would be a complete star anywhere, but he's absolutely perfect in New Japan. I mean, I'm sure he's going to end his career there. I don't I don't see him going anywhere else. Um, but he's I just, mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, you know, when he does those ROH shows, he's unbelievably over here. I, unbelievably, and, um, yeah. In a crowd that I mean would uh, call. Anybody, you know, <laughs> wearing uh, uh, like the color red <laughs> or orange, a faggot. <laughs> he's uh, extremely over. He's o- like a- he's over more. I mean, at least it feels that way on TV. When I see him on, when I've seen him on the ROH shows on TV, he's he seems way more over than anybody on ROH roster. Or even well, Okada. We, we will. Yeah, or even, definitely over more over than Styles. I mean, he's just like beloved, yeah. Yeah. Um, JBM, we will see him live, correct? Uh, uh, if the stars align, come SummerSlam if the, weekend. If the stars align, come SummerSlam weekend, we will be seeing Nakamura. Right. We'll be seeing. <clears throat> we'll be seeing a lot of things. There's a lot going on that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're gonna have to prioritize uh, greatly during the, the upcoming weeks. Um. But anyway, great match. And then, obviously, the final match, which is uh, AJ Styles and Okada. Um, obviously, we'll get into it a little bit. But one thing that didn't get a lot of uh, particular shine or love, I just didn't read about it on Square Circle or, like, the message boards or even on, like, Twitter. Like, I was – even though I couldn't follow, like, Twitter live, I, I was, like, looking for the hashtags and everything, like – but the promo, the video package of Okada 
uh, <laughs> rainmaker all over the world uh, before uh, this match was ridiculously awesome in every sense of the phrase. Um, some of the highlights were uh, Okada just waiting for the subway. Well, yeah, you know, just uh, on the, maybe the daily commute or maybe, you know, Perez in the city, just waiting for the subway like, like a normal guy. Um, there were also, when they were taking, like, these glamour shots, like these wide angle and then, like, quick close-up, like, glamour shots of Okada uh, in the city, and they were taking these shots of him, like, like by Times Square, like right where the police station is, like at the literal where Broadway and Seventh like meet, like at the actual part where it sort of becomes a square. That they're taking these shots of him in front of all these like cinder the, blocks uh, and like shitty at the police barricades. Yes. Yeah, that, that's correct, Jamie. At the center of the universe, they, they man, yeah, where there's so much to like see. They could have went with like any shot in like front of like uh, who the hell knows like in front of the the cup of noodle sign or some shit <laughs> you know they they were taking shots of him in front of like the police barricades and like <laughs> walking by like dumpsters and everything it really made uh money making Manhattan look like shit <laughs> so so I enjoyed <laughs> that part uh there were cutaways of him walking just over the Brooklyn Bridge like dragging the IPW belt behind him, which he doesn't even own. It, it wasn't even his at this point. He, <laughs> right. he didn't even want. So I, I like don't know what they were going for. But uh, that promo package, uh, that video package, definitely had me laughing. But one thing that did not have me laughing uh, is the match, um, because that match was great. Uh, I really loved every, I, I loved everything in it. The finishing sequence was great. Just such a great build of suspense. You know, um, I like the comedy spot with Red Shoes, who's somehow like Red Shoes is like the the ref. You know, that that wears red sneakers. He's like a character in himself, but somehow he doesn't. You can just tell he doesn't want that glory. He, like he he doesn't. I don't think he wants that. I just think he you know, was a rep that became, like, popular. And now he's, like, doing these, and he's adding to the match. He's, like, you know, when he does those comedy spots, he's adding to the match, and he's, you know, bringing more praise and shine on the characters. He's not, you know, like, nobody goes away, like, thinking Red Shoes stole the show. And, I'm, and you know, so I love that comedy bit, um, but they do with Red Shoes. Obviously, it didn't take away from this match, but that's just a more general comment about Red Shoes, how I just think whenever he's there, you can just tell. Like, you can tell it's coming from, like, a genuine place. Like, he's just like, hey, this happened to me. Now I have to do these comedy bits, but my job is to run the match correctly in the literal sense, like, uh, you know, because he's, you know, helping to book the match and keep it slow and, you know, but also, like, run it correctly in the kayfabe sense, too. Um I, I just lo- love that, uh, I, it, that it was an unbelievable match, and I'm harping on this stupid little thing. But the point is, <clears throat> um, just a completely unbelievably booked match uh, altogether. JB, I know you have stuff to say about this. Yeah, well, the best part about Red Shoes was uh, when he kicked Bullet Club out of ringside at, at the reaction of the Young Bucks 
getting kicked out was uh, yeah. absolutely priceless. Uh, it was great. Yeah. No. Well, more when he told the the Bullet Club he said AJ Styles suck it, Bullet Club suck it, and then the young when he when he pointed to his crotch, uh, I think it was Matt. Yeah, it just fell back like a, like he got punched in the face. It was great. It, it, it was just they all overreacted like to the extreme, but the young bucks sort of stood out there. It, it was such a. And then the other one was like the well back down back. the ramp, and then was still like rolling over backwards from being. Thrown <laughs> it was just so, so much fun. Like I felt yeah, like yeah. they were trying. Like I know they're. I know kind of they've. They've. I've heard them talk about this before that they're like over the top indie guys. So they do over the yeah. top nonsense, like it kind of comedy, and it was so funny. But I also felt like they were like, okay, these people here speak Japanese and speak English, so I have to do the ridiculous physical comedy spots for them to understand what's happening here. Right, right. <laughs> there was just so many levels of it that just made me laugh, but. That was the one, the one stupid spot with red shoes. But the, uh, so that was, and that was the culmination of like the beginning of the match where the bowl club kept interfering, and I'm sure just put more heat on, um, on them and Styles, and uh, and then you know after that they really uh, got down to business, and the uh, mm-hmm. the match itself, <clears throat> especially that last like sequence, that last like couple of minutes. I mean, you could put that up that that up there with anything I've ever seen in wrestling. That was unbelievably good. Um, yeah, and the match overall, like I said earlier, I think is you know I I want to say it's the best match I've seen all year. Uh, but um, you know, sometimes you, a few days after you've seen a match, you think that and kind of think about it later. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, the reason. And actually, I can say this: I don't think it's the necessarily best in-ring match I've seen all year, but it, it, it's elevated because these two guys are so good. I mean, these two guys. Yeah. I don't know if you can really say anyone's better than Styles and Okada in the business at this point. That's my opinion. I'm right. I'm just throw it out there. Yeah. Those two guys are unbelievably good. And what I meant by Nakamura not being. I, he's just not as athletic as these two guys. These two guys are, are, are a little more athletic than him. Um, and obviously Nakamura has, like, charisma uh, as far as, uh, you know, the Far East. But um, these two guys made the match bigger because they're just that good. And, you know, I yeah. think Nakamura, Abushi, for instance, earlier this year was tremendous. Uh, but Obushi's not quite. This is the first match I've seen this year where you've had two guys at this level that put on a match that that was this good. Um, so that's why for me right now in my mind it's match of the year. And uh, the 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 last sequence was just unbelievable. The, what was that? The the, the last, last sequence between the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um. And I was surprised too because I was surprised. I thought they were they would have put AJ over here, but um, to kind of keep his because I, I feel like the, like I said earlier, I feel like they've been doing this a lot with him where he just kind of holds the title for a little while to you know keep the Bullet Club legitimate and him, him being a heel like there. But um, I guess maybe they have some other plans. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, it was awesome. I I kind of confused. I was just thinking, well, God, wouldn't it make sense if they made Okada heal somehow? Because then well, Nakamura has to, to go do. Look, don't, don't all the women there love him? Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud, sort of. But I'm just thinking, like, because I think Nakamura, like, he has to have, like, yeah, like, we're just talking about the two big things. He dropped to Ibushi, then he dropped to Goto. Like, he's just putting these people over. But he, by the end of this year, like, just, uh, or is he sort of like one of those Undertaker characters that just can't do any wrong, really, and it's just, they're going to use him to bring up other people. I don't know. I think he has to win the G1. Not has to, but I think it would be good booking. But we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I said. You know, I remember saying, uh, so that's what I match to you. I thought that the best thing they could do is have him let go, let Goto get over, and then he went to G1, and then no one remembers that he, you know, jobbed to Goto a couple of times because he won the G1, which is the biggest thing there. So, mm. um, that's why that's why I said earlier, it seems obvious to me what they're going to do. Like, especially once I saw that, once he lost to Goto, it seems obvious that Nakamura is going to win the G1 to me. But, um, right. you know, you, I mean, you can make a case that Styles will do it or Tanahashi will do it. I think you can yeah. make that case. Yeah. It just makes this promotion all the more awesome. And the G1, you know, just all the more awesome, like, all together. Well, the fact that they have so many top-level guys like that, those, I mean, those four guys, you could put any two of them in a main event, and that is a tremendous main event. Um, There's, Mm -hmm. you know, that that doesn't happen anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. He's, I mean, how old is Nakamura? I think he's, like, 35 or something, right? Like, he's about that. So he's yeah, he's getting up there. I mean, Styles is 38. Tanahashi is up there. Yeah. Too. Styles is old, but now, JB, these, some of these guys, Styles for one, uh, these guys just mature and age like a fine wine, JB. <laughs> I mean, this guy, Uh, this guy, he's—he's. He's, I mean, jacked. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's getting very graceful in his uh, in his old age. You know, uh, uh, just some of these guys, not guys like you and me per se. You know, we're very no, very exempt. No. <laughs> yeah, from this particular category. But the, the, I mean, I mean, AJ Styles just ages like a like very masculine. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I you know you saw it in this match. I think a lot that he is just you know he's he's always been good in ring for as long as I can remember. Um, he's he's really just you know he's like he's got everything down now. Like he's just he used to be like a small guy, you know, did that for a while. And then, now he's able to, you know, main event, and like he's a clear main eventer, and he delivers in the main event. And yeah. yeah, he's just he's just really good. Just, I think he's just yeah. I, I mean, the one thing about AJ Styles, he's just so technically perfect, and just like I remember, like when he hit that drop kick in the middle of the night, I think I texted you. 
something to the effect of like AJ Styles probably has a better drop kick than Okada, and you and I think you said you were thinking the same thing. When uh, I was thinking the same thing, but I think that sacrilege. I don't think you're allowed to say that. <laughs> no, no, especially not on a wrestling podcast where we just praised New Japan. No, for, that, but well, that, I mean, that drop kick he did in that match was amazing. Uh, and then he did this. I mean. He's like thirty, he's thirty-eight, and he's he did like a four-fifty splat, like a springboard four-fifty splash in that match. That just yeah. like came out of nowhere. It was just like a throwaway spot almost. <laughs> Jamie, if I attempted to do that, I'd tear tear two quads and like my entire back. And die. I don't know like, anyone else. And I think like Neville could do that. Like I don't know how many other people could do that <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, he's just so good. Like, I can't stress it enough just, like, how crisp and, you know, like, clean he is in the ring. Like, like I remember I said this on this podcast before that I was claiming that not this WrestleMania, <laughs> but the WrestleMania after, that would be headlining that WrestleMania, which is, what, what number would that be? Not the one in Dallas, the one the, after that. But uh, regardless... Thirty-three, yeah. So, so you heard it here. Heard it here first, folks. AJ Styles will be headlining WrestleMania thirty-three, and I mean, just thinking that he's the biggest draw. We talked about it last year. I mean, just his talent is going to sort of supersede any like um, anything else. His age or how much the WWE's aversion to TNA guys. I mean, I just think he's riding this wave right now a wave at, at 38, whereas uh, I'm uh, 34 and well past my prime over the hill. I'm one foot in the grave, you could say. I mean, life has beaten me down and and, and, and spit me out. I'll, I'll never achieve any bit of, uh, um, you know, a, like like uh, uh, my peak performance again, not even close. And yet this man is peaking at at Third uh, hasn't even reached his pinnacle at 38. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's how I feel about AJ Styles. Yeah, I think um, he, I think he's um, he's you know outside of Brock Lesnar, I think he's the biggest draw in the world yep. in wrestling. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the uh, the New Japan card which I thought was uh, obviously great. Um, I loved every aspect of this. But, um, I mean, going back, if you, if you don't have any thoughts, like, summing up the entire event, going back to the um, uh, the civilized uh, universe in the world of the United States, um, uh, where democracy reigns free, and uh, uh, we can express our sexuality. Uh, that we had some interesting developments too. Um, this scene on Raw, and you can might one might say that we're seeing the rise of Cesaro, um, where we had uh, at the end of Raw this week, where we had one of the longest matches we've seen on Raw in a very long time. Um, I think maybe since the CM Punk John Cena match, that famous one, what was that, three years ago? Obviously, they did like the Shawn Michaels John Cena match as a theme here. John Cena's and everything. That was like the Iron Man match. But this was a very long, about 30 minute match at the end of Raw. Um, 
uh, and I don't know where they're going to position, but there was a few interesting things about that match that I thought was number one is that Raw was coming off of a very, uh, the Raw previous, the week before, it was very low ratings. I mean, some of the lowest ratings they had in years, apparently. And so they needed to... One, one of the really worst ratings back. ever, uh, especially considering that there was nothing sports-wise going up against it. There was no big sporting event. There was no Monday Night Football. There was nothing. Uh, That's it, right, it yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible rating. Yeah. No Monday Night Football. That's a big thing. I didn't even factor that. So the previous week, really, and one thing that was funny about this Raw is that they ended ended it with John Cena with a U.S. Open title defense, you know? So I thought that was interesting that they, you know, they wanted to main event Raw with Cena. They just must think he's still the same ratings grabber. And I guess he is. And it's not even a testament to Cena. It's just a testament to how horrible Raw's been booked lately and the direction that WWE is going. Um, But I thought that was a great match. I don't think Cena and Cesaro have, like, the best chemistry. Like, really, in a lot of places of the match, it was like a botch fest. Like, they were just botching, and things didn't look, like, as clean as they could. Um, maybe well, I mean, I think the one thing with, him, with, uh, with that match, uh, the one thing with the botching is uh, Cena is consistently botching that springboard stunner spot. And it's just got to go. Oh. That is that done now after they really like botched that like like it's looked awkward like so many times. I I think the only one to sell it properly ever was Sami Zayn. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, I remember like just I remember just thinking like oh that's the way it's supposed to look. It's because he's coming off that second rope, so the the his you know the seller has to position himself perfectly, like run into Cena, stop on a dime, like on a dime, like stop instantly, then change directions and go down and then bounce the other way. So it looks like the, the, the making some geometrical shape I can't even describe, like a seven with a curve to that other lot, like just well, also like we even know where he's supposed to stand as he springs board, springboards off the ropes, because mm-hmm. that's going to be inconsistent almost every time with his, you know, stupid-looking legs. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's absolutely impossible to, to sell correctly. And, I mean, I think that Cesaro couldn't sell. I mean, are they going to continue doing this? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. You know, you know I, they were... I remember he joked about it on uh, the Jericho podcast about how um, how he was doing it, and it was something, oh, I have six moves to do him or whatever. He's kind of joking about it. But he's been integrating more and more moves, and actually some of them are good. So, like, do right. over. Like, but get rid of this. This stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That really sucks. Jamie, you hated it from the first time you ever saw it. I remember like, complaining I about it. it, it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with, like, oh, Steve Austin's move or whatever. I don't care about that. It just looks bad. Right. And it's just stupid. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, anyways, but I thought there was some botchiness to it, to the match. Um, I'm surprised. The one thing I want to say about the match, there was, there was a lot of reaction on the Internet. Like, this was, like, the greatest match of all time. And um, the match 
the week before was better, personally, in my mind. I thought yeah. this was already seen a match exactly way better than before. The crowd yep. was way hotter. They were way more into yep. it. Um, the, it was way better paced. This one was a little too long. Um, botches. Uh, the one thing about the match I really didn't like. I, now, everything else is good. It was fine. Uh, just not as good as the match the week before. And the other part of the match that was really terrible was the way they treated Owens in the match, which I thought yeah, that killed was... all of his momentum. <laughs> I don't know why they did. It just cra- like I think it's also unfair. Like it's really going to be hard to watch Raw in you know late July, August when the G1 <laughs> is going on. Like, and I'm already got a taste of that because I was sort of watching Raw and catching up with the. I was like watching Raw and you know catching up with Dominion like simultaneously, and it's just like so apparent how bad the WWE is after watching New Japan. But what you just said, you hit the nail on the head, was just the way they treated Kevin Owens. I mean, the holy shit, man, just the booking rights itself. Like, like you don't have, like, like first of all, I, I think they should have done a three-way dance. I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, I think that was the outright, that was the way to go, sort of. Am I wrong? You're saying to do the three-way dance on Raw? Why not? Dance at Battleground. What's that? No, three-way or dance do, on Raw. Do it at Battleground or do it on Raw? Do it on Raw. Okay, yeah. No, no, that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have been perfect. I mean, just like leading into then the Owen-Cena match. You know, I, I don't know what you do there. You right, could, then Cena could have got the pin over Cesaro and then Owens would have still looked strong. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, that isn't that the way it was supposed to work? Or just not include Owens in the match. And I'm sorry, like Cesaro, like, like I'm sure he can be naturally good on the mic, you know, if he's in, but when he reads like that scripted cans line performance, he just doesn't come up well. Like, why don't they have him with like a manager? Like, and I know they always been his problem. That's, I mean, that's always been his problem. You know, he's got his, he's got an opportunity or two, you know, unfair opportunity or two where he promo here or there. And then that that's what killed him with you know the WWE people, yeah. which I'm not saying is fair, but uh, you know that's what happened to him, and that's why he's not getting the push everyone thinks he should get. And then he has these great matches with Cena, and I don't think he's going to get any kind of push. They're like I think everyone thinks he's now being a mentor or something. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, he's not even going to be on the ballot. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think so at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, and I love Cesaro. I thought I remember we were talking last year after he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I said this guy is my favorite thing in wrestling, <laughs> and then you know whatever they just buried him like they do to some guys. Yeah. You're gonna live with that, uh, but I, yeah, I don't think anyone should be mistaken that this is gonna vault Cesaro into you know some other world. Uh, I mean, I think if they do it right, I think, and I actually think they're gonna do this, because I don't see what other direction it's going, but I think Owens is going to win the U.S. title. I I, I hope that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen, and then he's going to have to feud with Cesaro, which I think is great. At yeah, the same well, time, though, I mean... some way to get Cena. They have to get those two apart for a little while. 
seen that in Hollywood. Yeah. As much as it's at the been same good. time, though. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, though, is Cena's title reign as a U.S. title really stale at all? I don't think so. No, well, I think it's, it's not. one of those. Um, yeah. No. That's the. That's I think it's one of those weird cases where. Cena, it'd be okay if they left the title, and if they did, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's fine." In a weird way, they like don't have you to had give an Owens to him unless they just want to kill Owens. But they have to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless Owens would have like no credibility after this, especially after the way they just booked him on Raw, where he goes, where he walks back to the, where he, you know, he lost to Balor, then you know, the weekend before at Beast of the East, and then he just cowardly walks out of the ring with no title in his hands, which we're so used to seeing, you know? He looked so much different without that goal. Now he looks like a fat ass in a T-shirt. You know, like, right, well, he, he looked, looked, I mean, he lost to Balor, and then Balor did the handshake thing with him, which has bothered him for like the last three weeks. Anyone who gives a handshake, and then he didn't do anything there. And then he right. walked away when Cesaro said, oh, no, I'm going to take the match, and he just walked away. And at the end of the match, uh, he confronted Cena and got uh, got the AA. So it was like, oh, I forgot about that. God, they made him look like shit. You're right. I totally forgot about that like AA at the entire time, which didn't make any sense. They didn't even need to do it either. Like, there was no reason he had to come out at the end. Like, I don't even understand why they did it. But, um, you know, that's how they book, I guess, sometimes. Well, hopefully it just means that he's going over at Battleground. I mean, since he looks so weak, like the classic WWE right, well, thing to do. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so clever. Uh, yeah, really, but, uh, that's very clever stuff. Uh, no one's a star. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but, uh, I think I, yeah, yeah, so was, I'm looking forward that was, to that. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the other notable thing from that shitty, mind-numbing, horrible Raw was obviously the Brock Lesnar spot with um, him taking an axe to the Cadillac. Yeah. God, I'm, that was I'm so segment. tired, but I've, yeah, I have so much stuff to say about this. <laughs> First of all, it was a great segment. Um. And it just goes to show you once again. Well, first, I mean, anything with Heyman and Brock was good. Like, the opening segment when Heyman did the promo. Like, I love Heyman, Heyman like, cutting these face promos now. Um, yeah, well, it's it was, funny because it, I feel like that Heyman, the, the, the promo that Heyman does for Lesnar, he's been doing it for a while now. Like, it should be getting stale, and it still isn't. <laughs> it's like, it's still always mm-hmm. good. Yep, yep. This one's a little different, like religious almost, which I like <laughs> kind of how he went in that direction, you know. Um, Heyman seems like one of those, uh, like, atheist Jews um, that I always, that, 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 I don't know, I like those <laughs> types of people <laughs> very much. I just find them interesting always. Um, living in money-making Manhattan, of course. Uh, so, like, when he cut this religious promo, I, I just thought it was great. Um, but anyway, then uh, I don't want to go through the bit, you know, bit by bit, because, I mean, uh, but uh, so 
Brock Lesnar smashed up the Cadillac with an axe. And I think people are overlooking a couple things. One is how ridiculously difficult and how strong you have to be to put an axe into the side of a car, like, like you know, the, like especially a Cadillac, which is designed to like withstand a car crash. Like, I, I mean, it's really ridiculous. Like, um, and th- then of course when he ripped the door off, like, I mean, well, first of all, just every time he swung that axe, I, I just was getting like anxiety, thinking this axe is gonna bounce up and hit Brock Lesnar in the face and kill him on live TV. Like, like this was so dangerous. Like, so ridiculously dangerous. Like, this was crossing so many lines. I really think it was one of, like, the craziest things I've ever seen on Raw. Like, it wasn't really registering with me at the time. Like, how unbelievably dangerous <laughs> this whole thing was. Um... Yeah, I think it was legitimately dangerous, unlike sometimes... Very when, dangerous, yeah. When Lesnar is out there and, like, you have the feeling of danger just in general when he's out there, I feel. It's like he's that, like, he's dominating that strong. Ribs. He's breaking yeah, he's, people's he's ribs. breaking people's ribs. He's ripping but, the door off cars. It's, and, like, <laughs> like and the other thing was funny, like, we all knew... Like, even last week, we all knew that Lesnar was going to destroy this car. Like, we all knew that was, the, like, the end game here. And yeah. He's doing it, and, like, I was still kind of scared for his life, like, the audience's <laughs> life. Like, everybody, everybody involved. Which I should have been, apparently, yeah. because apparently when he broke the, like, when he broke that door off the car, I was, like, mm-hmm. I was scared. I was legitimately scared. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. And, and then he threw the door, and I don't know if you know this, like, like a part frisbee. of the door hit like someone in the crowd. But he threw that door, like the way I threw, he threw that door with more force than the way I throw, like, a dinner plate. Like, like he threw, like, this guy is just, like, at this, like, genetic and physical level above, like, everyone. It's It's ridiculous. You know, you know, he hit someone with part of that door, right? Yeah, the other side. And I mean, imagine if that, the way he threw the, imagine if that whole door went into the stands. Imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe he was just, like, doing that. <laughs> it was really <laughs> ridiculous. And then he was beating the crap out of J&J security. And, you know, I mean, he's already legitimately injured Noble. <laughs> Then he puts him in a Kimura. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that broken arm was wasn't an angle. Like he actually broke his arm. I wouldn't flinch. I I just be, I mean he, and it just goes back to what we were talking about. We sort of hinted upon when we were talking about styles. I mean this guy just Brock Lesnar once again is just such a draw. I'm gonna turn in every week to see this reckless literal monster just destroy cars and people, anything in his path. And I just hope they continue booking him strong, and I think his contract is perfect from the perspective of, like, the WWE writers can't get a hold of him and completely destroy him. So, like, you know, he can only be on a certain amount of episodes of Raw. So 
his contract is perfect for like what we want the character to be. Um, well, it's also so perfect also love... this time around. He's got more dates in the year. I think it was like 16. I think he's like up to 20-something this year, which really okay. you know, kind of helps for this kind of build-up because he used to just do like one or two Raws before a build-up to a pay-per-view yeah. match, and he's done almost all of them up to Battleground. So yeah. it's been good. Why is he on Battleground, though? Is there Was that ever like revealed why that happened? Like. I don't yeah, I don't know why they pulled the post. trigger so fast on that. I don't know if it was because the raw ratings maybe were down and they just wanted to get TV as soon as they could. I, that's yeah. the only thing I could think. Um, or maybe that they've gotten so many dates out of them for this year in the contract. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they haven't used them at all until until just you know a couple of weeks ago. So um, maybe they, yeah. you know, they have enough built up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But th- that segment was great, actually. And then I thought, um, once again, not to be a pessimist, I was just so, everything else on Raw was just kind of really stale. I mean, nothing to write home about, especially after watching the New Japan card. Just nothing particularly exciting um, about the WWE in general as of as of late. No real serious like angles I'm looking forward to, like tune in to see Brock Lesnar. Um I really think that God, the best thing and you're gonna hate me for this, the best thing the WWE has going for right now is this Cena US title range. And his, you know, feud with Kevin Owens and, you know, the intertwining of a Cesaro. I think that angle's great. But otherwise I'm you know, not too much to get excited for at this battleground card. I don't I don't even want to talk about it. There's like nothing too intriguing uh about it right now. So um, the only thing intriguing about it is um yeah, I mean Cena Owens is gonna be intriguing as far as well it's well now Rollins Lesnar will be a good match too. Those those two will be good and they're interesting what they're gonna do. Uh yeah, everything else that will is be like, a good who cares. Match. Yeah, um, I, but like my, I mean, I, I'm really interested yeah. to see what they do with Lesnar Rollins. I, I don't, I have no idea whether they're going to put Lesnar back with the title or not. I'm, I'm really unclear on that, which is I good. Mean, I like if that. You told, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you told me Lesnar would never have the title again, I'd completely believe it. Because how are right. they going to sort of give it? And I think that's why the reason why they took it off him so fast. Because how are they going to give it to like such a part timer? I think it's very easy to do, and I think they were doing it perfectly. But in WWE, they're not going to do that because they can't think outside that box. And you know, they want the title to be extended every night on Raw. You know, so so they're not going to do that. Um, without a champion visible on Raw, SmackDown, main event, whatever the fuck, you know. Um, I think the way they were positioning Seth, like right after when Seth Rollins cashed in the Money in the Bank, that Raw after uh, WrestleMania, which is obviously great, but when he ran up to uh, Brock Lesnar with the title in his hands and got right in his face, and even I think he had like an insecurity, had a little like offense on Brock Lesnar, like like le- like like um you know uh. Rollins was not immediately scared of Lesnar at all. 
like Rollins' job is like the heel. So he cheats to win. He slimily gets out of defending his title to keep it. But but the way they were booking Rollins right after WrestleMania was that he wasn't scared of Lesnar at all. But now they just booked him as like that him as being scared of Lesnar, which is just a stupid way to go. Like that's not the way. Like like you know like. Like when Lesnar came back that night and got in uh, Rollins' face, and Rollins backed up, he backed away from him like he was physically intimidated. Like why did they do that? Like if anything, like Rollins should be the type of heel that you know gets in Lesnar's face, but then calls for Kane and J and J security to come like help him out. I mean that's the heel role, not to be like you know like to be actually physically intimidated by the, then that makes the match dull and boring. You know, it makes it Kofi Brock again, like we saw at Beast in the East. So uh, I'd be really interested where they go, but I'm not optimistic with that creative team again. Yeah, no, there's no, yeah, there's no reason to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's what's going on in WWE. It will, for Raw at least, and in the meantime, before that Raw, actually, there was much acclaim and much praise for a show they did at 5.30, that came on at 30 in the a.m. on July 4th on Independence Day for the Beast in the East show. And this was basically like a house show that they just uh, aired on the um, the WWE Network which I was a big fan of. I thought that sort of concept of just, like, airing special house shows almost like in a pay-per-view style, I think it's cool. I think that would be a great attraction uh, to a wrestling fan like me to get the the pay-per-view. I mean, to, to, oh, to yeah, subscribe to the network. Like that would be, uh, I think that's a nice draw. That kind of reminds me of, like, uh, in the old days, they used to, if you lived in New York anyway, um, they used to show the MSG house shows on the MSG network. And you used to like right. to see that. So, which yeah. I thought was, you know, it's like a nice if you're if you're into if you're into wrestling already, which you have to be if you're subscribing to the network. Like throw some stuff yep. out there like that. I think it's good. Yeah. And I I thought this was great. I hope they continue doing it. Um uh JB, what did you think of this show? I thought it was all right. I mean, I thought the main event was terrible for Cena tag match. Uh, so get that out of the way. That was nonsense. <laughs> the um, Divas match wasn't good, but the uh, the Neville Jericho match was good. I like the way they started the show with Jericho's entrance. I think that that definitely like if you were interested in watching the show for whatever reason, we're going to give it a chance. Like Jericho coming out would have definitely kept you in in the game. Uh, the match was good. Um, and then the one thing that wasn't like a house show, I mean, we had a big, you know, the NXT title change was huge. Uh, so, and and that match was, was very good too, I thought. Um, the Owens-Baller uh, match. Um, although, you know, the one thing that took away from that match is that you'd have to, I don't know, I don't know how you would know that they were going to give them the title to Baller that, that, in that match, but um, it still was good. Um, so I thought the I thought the show was good overall. Um, and it's it's like a nice little bonus if you're 
subscribe to the network, you definitely feel like you're getting something out of the network at this point with both with the little extra live show here and there, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a great addition. Um, uh, there just a couple of things about the show. One, it got so much praise on, like, Squared Circle and, like, like Twitter and everything. I didn't see anything spectacular about it. And this was actually pre Dominion, <laughs> like they, I feel like it's AD, oh yeah, I watched it before AD, Dominion. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dominion. Yeah, and I remember just thinking like, okay, it's not. I don't know why this is getting so much praise. Like I thought it was, it, it was fine. You know, it was much more entertaining than Raw. Um, I, I thought it was good, but I, I wouldn't think it's this tremendous show that deserved like all this acclaim. Um. At the same time, though, it was, it was good. It was an enjoyable watch. But, at the, you know, what? I skipped through the Divas match. I actually gave it a fair shake. I started watching the first two, two couple minutes, and I thought, this sucks. So I skipped through that. And then I turned it off when, you know, the, the, the final tag match came on. Why would you watch that? So that that's like our standards of what a good show is. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I guess. Like, but Neville Jericho is good. I, I've i made my feelings about Jericho known on this show, which sums up to, like, go away, you old man. And now he's like your dad trying to be cool. Like, like just like this stupid 80s band with his sick... Like, what are you doing, you idiot? Like, why does he have this 80s hair band and, like, think that makes him, like, relevant with his crappy music and lyrics that, you know... Don't mean anything. Like, shut up. And then, he, you know, he ruins that tough enough show. He sucks on there. And then, it, 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 you know, like Jericho podcast, it's so, like, self-aggrandizing. I'm, I don't like Jericho. And this comes from someone that loved him back in the day. That was the biggest fan of him in WCW and early WWE when he first made his appearance. Um, Now I just think he's so – and the way he, he had to go over Neville there. He just had because it's so important that he gets a win over Neville. Just a, I don't know. Like I know I'm a very harsh critic of Chris Jericho, and uh, you know he's everybody else's darling, but I think he sucks. I think he just go go away. That's the way I feel. Like um, and you know he d- doesn't even do that cool thing like RVD. You know he's a guy that has had the same gimmick, <laughs> you know, forever, like since the '90s. But he doesn't like make any. You know, RVD isn't trying to be relevant. <laughs> like, he's not. When he has, like, came back to the WWE, went there, he put over people. You know, he has, like, his great matches. He still wears his stupid tie-dye, like, singlets, and he's just such, like, a throwback to, like, that, you know, early 2000s, like, 90s, ECW sort of, like. But RVD is, like, not trying to be cool. <laughs> like he's stuck in that world and that's fine. He owns it completely. Um and Jericho's trying to like keeps trying to like reinvent himself. Like shut up, man. Like God, like he I all right, I'll I'll be quiet. But it just pissed me off that he went over Neville. Um once again, Balor and Owens, what can you say? These guys I think don't have the best chemistry. Like when I think good chemistry, I think of Okada style. I'm, you know, it doesn't get better than that. Um, so, like, but they're, you know, they're both sort of, like, offensive. There's, you know, they they sell when they have to, but there's not one real, like, good seller, like, a, 
Nakamura, of course. I know it's unfair I'm pointing out Okada Styles and Nakamura are my reference points as the best workers in the world, but you, you get where I'm going with it. But Owens made the match. Owens was great saying, you know, he hates everybody in this country and just perfect. They gave him the flowers and he threw them out of the ring. He didn't shake Balor's hand. It's great. He's doing the whole heel thing so perfectly. You know, of course, that was all diminished by how crappy you looked on Raw, but I thought that was the best part of the pay-per-view. The Brock spot was great. thought it was so much fun how he, you know, destroyed the New Day. thought it was just fun. Just a fun, good spot. Once again, Brock's a huge draw. You know, I tuned in largely be, because of because of him. I probably would have tuned in just to see Owens and Balor. But uh, another great spot. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a good little paper or whatever you want to call it. You know, network special. Again, like I don't know why it got like so much praise. Like everyone loved it to death. I I think like I'm a like a you know, just with Owens and Balor. I think, like, a lot of the WWE is just being exposed to Balor and Owens, so it's really new. And I've watched them for a while. Um, but again, yeah, just sort of a, a, a... Fine, you know, fine. Like, nice little... I'm glad they offered it, and I hope they continue to sort of, like, do those house shows, like, offer those house shows on the network. Yeah, I think the main thing that you said there for me anyway, that, that, that I'd like to stress is that, um, you know, the last, I think a couple of weeks ago when we did this podcast, we talked about Lethal was not acting like a real, like he's a heel character, like totally a heel. And he wasn't acting like a heel in the match. Kevin Owens in the last, in that show, in every show I've seen him in the last few weeks, is a heel through and through. Like he, yep. and, and it, you know, there, there's people that are cheering him because they like the performance and all that. But he tries to still get them to hate him. <laughs> and, you know, and then in yeah. Japan, him throwing the flowers away was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then him just randomly in the middle of the match, he's got a headlock on Fifth Valor and say, I hate all the people, I hate this country and all the people in it. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And uh, Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then you know he does the same thing. And even when he was looking, I, I mean, I think he they unnecessarily made him look weak again on Raw, but you know he does the the cowardly run out heel thing, which you know still not a lot of people do anymore. It's just like him and Rollins, and they're the only good heels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know you figure it out. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think if WWE does this right, they have. Owens, Rollins, and Bray. Three really great heels for the next few years. They do it right. It's a huge, you know, part of that sentence. So we'll, we'll see what happens. David, we have very little time, extremely little time here. Um, is there anything in this hodgepodge, you know, the hodgepodge show? This, uh, throw your hands up, hodgepodge. Is there anything you want to talk about, uh, in the remaining few minutes of this hodgepodge show? Um, just, uh, well, so there's, I think NXT has uh, got a few interesting things happening where there's ob- obviously the whole page, Bella's angle is leading to some sort of NXT call-up with the women, uh, whether it, take, it might take like three months or it might be 
like there was apparently a rumor going around that it was supposed to happen on Monday, but then they they, they pushed it back again for whatever reason. Uh, but also, I think NXT is interesting right now because uh, the the big announcement that they're going to do a Saturday show before SummerSlam in Barclays uh, Arena, which is also going straight up against ROH in Brooklyn on the same day, on the same night. Um, so I think, well, there's a lot to talk about. Probably way more than six minutes to talk about there, but... Um, what do you what do you think first? What do you think about the divas part of that? Um, I mean, I haven't really heard of. Are there rumors about who's supposed to be called up? I mean, the the obvious apparently, one. Is, apparently, the only person that could be right now is Charlotte and Sasha because Bailey and Becky are both injured. So, which has kind of screwed up apparently the booking of it. They were gonna because it, it's clearly stopped and started. Whole, like page up against the Bellas thing with no reinforcements. Um, yeah. So that's been going on for a, a while, but then Bailey got hurt and then whatever. So things happening there, obviously. Charlotte hasn't really been involved in an angle for quite some time. So. And then I'm confused about, like, I don't know what's going on with, like, the way they're treating NXT and then the way they're, like, treating the WWE. Like, NXT is, like, I think it's pretty clear that NXT, like, how much, like, I love it and everything, it's going to slow down because they had a lot of injuries and they lost a lot of their stars. But they went in this direction, like, they're going to treat NXT like its own independent, like, self-sustaining organization, which I think is awesome. So they're going to have to, like, juggle, like, who they bring up and who they don't bring up. Um, it's going to be difficult the way they do it. Like, um, I, I don't know. I yeah, think I think they're Charlotte, already running into some yeah. of the problems with that idea. They are, definitely, definitely. I mean, they had their NXT champion on working exclusively on, on Raw, <laughs> pretty much. And then he'd go back to NXT as, like, this guest almost, and, and, you know, defend the title against Samoa Joe. And, I mean, you can even see, like, how NXT's really suffering. Look at the booking of Samoa Joe. Like, it went nowhere, man. Like, like, like sort of like the, the little almost, like, sleeper story in the past few months, or a couple, not few months, it's really being extreme, but maybe, like, couple months or months and a half, it's how bad NXT's been. <laughs> Like, it really hasn't been good. Like, like just the booking of Samoa Joe is, like, the classic example where it's just, like, they really went nowhere with that character. Like, he came in, he was supposed to feud with Owens, Owens is in WWE now, and Samoa Joe is just, like, looking weak and sort of floating. Like, they, it was sort of, like, classic WWE squandering of a character. Um... Like, I'm worried about that <laughs> just because I enjoy NXT so much. But there, there are there's a bunch of stuff to look forward to. Obviously, Baylor's title reign, uh, Uwa Nation hasn't um, uh, debuted yet. Um, I mean, Charlotte's just like, what are they doing with her? She's just like so due as a call up to that main roster. But I mean, maybe we're gonna see those guys that are just exclusively NXT that will sort of never get called up. Like, I think the classic example is somebody that could do that role is Bailey, 
Um, uh, Tyler Breeze. Like, I think there's some people that could just be, like, NXT lifers, like Enzo and Cass, maybe. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. It's just going to be very hard for them to juggle that. And we've obviously seen the WWE as being completely incompetent when it comes to that. Like, like um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like such a developing situation with NXT because yeah. some of these yeah. guys... Like, if they do a show at the Barclays Arena and they draw 5,000 people, you know, which is what they're going to try for, and, 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 you know, if it's even hotter than that, they get to, like, they open up the second level and they, they, they get even more than that, which I think is a, a pretty good possibility. Um, I think it's an excellent possibility. Just based on the market and, yeah. you know, the fact that Raw and, and SummerSlam sold out months ago, and uh, I, I think it's... Very good possibility, but um, if those if they're selling out arenas uh, for house shows like once or twice a month, like those people down there are going to make money. Like Enzo and Cass, and yeah. those guys, they're actually going to make money down there. So it'll be worth it to, to yeah. still be down there and be over. Oh yeah, down there instead yeah. of like trying to make the risk of going up to WWE. So that, I think that's probably what they're trying to sell those guys on. Uh, as a reason to stay right. down, but um, that's that's the, I think that's the biggest problem is like you know the talent if the talent's good they're gonna they're gonna leave it's it's just like ECW you know so yeah yeah pretty much pretty much uh, JB do you have any thoughts on this uh just skipping over in the last couple of minutes to the MMA world, I know that's a rare transition for us. Do you have any thoughts on this uh, Conor McGregor situation where Aldo's dropping out, now Mendes is in? Is that, that's a big fight happening on uh, July 11th with that Gregor WWE-style uh, promotion? Um, I think it's I think it's really interesting what's happened with that, um, just from like... How similar, you know, UFC and WWE are very uh, unsimilar in, in the fact that one's real and one isn't as far as the fighting goes, but it's still the same principles of, like, guys who draw and guys who don't draw. And, like, you know, how they do their business is very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, Conor McGregor is this hot star that's, that can draw money, but really would draw way more money with Aldo. And then... Uh, and then Aldo gets hurt, and then they're fucked, and then they don't know what to do to to keep that match intact, um, keep the the fans that are coming to see that match uh, happy, um, you know, because yeah, honestly, none of us, a lot of people are coming from like Europe to come see that in, in Vegas, yeah, to come see McGregor fight for the title, and Aldo's got the title but then Aldo gets hurt, so now they have to put up an interim title, put up somebody else to fight him. Um, so it's, 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 we can go really deep into it, but, like, the business there is really interesting, I think. And, like, the fact that Aldo had, like, broken ribs and, like, was highly considering taking the match just for business reasons, yeah. but he'll never yeah. have a chance in his life to have a match that big. 
Yeah. Um, Jamie, we're all out of time. Thank you for that yeah. summary. Uh everyone, listeners, thank you for listening. Uh we're we're you know, we're gonna do this every week. Uh follow me at Shane Winter fourteen. Uh Twitter, Jamie, what's your Twitter? Just Jim Carr. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.